Hi, I'm Steve Archibald. You're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Listening to Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast, with your hosts Michael McCall and Lee Gillis. Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview, and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. Hello, ho, ho, everyone. That's how I thought you should have started it, Michael, but I'm Gillis. And nice to, to be back. Not that we don't enjoy Gordon and, and Doug's company, of course, but back for a traditional show this week. Yes, it's it's the OG. And I, I wanted to start off by doing the hello, hello introduction, because I, I, there's two different ones that I do, mainly because it is the tune to O Tannenbaum. And yeah, uh, as Lee hinted with his ho, 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 this is our weekly podcast, Come Christmas special, and everyone loves to come at Christmas, let's let's be totally honest. We're used to recording the, this show across two continents. Doug, I believe, is still in Spain at the moment, uh, so that could have added a third country, but he wasn't able to do it. And Gordon is away to Uruguay. Yeah, he's eating a Chivito in Montevideo. The, the last show that he was on... Um, I can't remember if this was one of the bits where you were just chatting or if it was something that was in the show. He was talking about how his girlfriend is from Uruguay. And I was thinking it's a good job I'm not there because I would immediately have said, oh, does she go down easily? (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe she's like Luis Suarez and bites him. Oh, I think Gordon might like that, though. He's got that kind of look about him. I didn't actually realise you could get a mail-order bride from Uruguay, but there you go. Hey. Internet's a wonderful thing these days. And thank you to everyone that is listening to us on it just now. Montevideo, I've got to say, is a, a city that I've always wanted to go to. I got a, a book about 20 years ago, which was uh, the story of the, the 1930 World Cup from the son of a guy that was involved in it. And he'd gone over and he was trying to pick up all this old memorabilia from local markets and stuff. And just the way he described the city was wonderful. And I really, really hope that they sensibly give Argentina-Uruguay bid the 2030 World Cup because it's the 100th anniversary and to me, it should be where the first one was. I, I just think that would be a lovely thing to do. Can they get more? Yeah, we, we will talk a little bit about international football later in this show. We'll also be talking about East Fife, of course, and we've got some fun festive segments to, to throw in as well. Maybe you could even play along with some of them at home. But before we get into any of that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. 
East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. So thanks, as always, to East Fife Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson from Glenrothes. The support of those guys all year round has been fantastic. We very much appreciate it and look forward to continuing your support into 2022 because the new year is nearly upon us. And I think, Lee, right now, a lot of his five fans will just be glad to see the back of 2021. Well, definitely the second half anyway. Um, obviously, I think 2021's been a absolute brutal year anyway, but the, the second half in terms of the start of the new season for us, um, obviously yesterday's curtailed game was has meant that we've now played everyone twice. Obviously, I know we still need to fill the Falkirk um, fixture technically, but it does mean that we're still sort of languishing at the, the bottom of the table. It's been an awful start to the season. We've seen a management change now. So I suppose we could only hope that the, the second half will be slightly better. Things can only get better, as Dream rightly told us all those years ago. Yeah, let, let's hope they, they can only get better. I don't think they can get much worse. I, I guess we could be cut adrift and relegated by March. That would be the worst case scenario. But I'm a, hey, I'm a glass half full kind of person. I, I still think we can do this. And we'll, we'll have a look at how the table stands. And when I was putting down the run down together for this, I was a bit, oh, got to talk about these last two games and the dropping points in, in Peterhead, etc, etc. But then when I had a look at the table and how some of the other results have gone the last two weeks, I've, I've been filled a, a little bit with a bit of optimism. Maybe false optimism, but we'll see. But we do have two games one and a half games to, to talk about because we didn't do a show last week we just couldn't get that to work so we won't delve into this too much because we've got a busy show ahead for you but the, the Peterhead East Fife game let's quickly delve a little bit into that finished one all goalless in the first half watching the highlights it looked like East Fife had the, the better of a, a lot of the play although Peterhead did hit the post in the first half Kyle Connell, though, opened the scoring for us three minutes in Lee in the second half. Lovely goal, out-muscled the defender, run through, and an absolute beautiful curling finish, showing just what he is capable of if we get him the service. I think that that's the issue with, with East Fife this season so far is the lack of service, because look, I think that Jamie T- uh, Semple looks like he's, he's could be a decent player and, and him and Connell could do well. You know, I think I would quite like to see maybe a system where we play three up top where maybe Connell um, being our, our target man and Semple and Wallace on either side um, and maybe somebody just in behind them feeding the three of them. But we'll, I suppose we'll need to see what happens if, if Danny Swanson ever pulls on the black and gold again. Who who, who knows? But like, Connell, he showed it at Airdrie. You know, you, you don't get signed for, for Blackburn Rovers for no reason. You don't get signed for clubs like Kilmarnock for no reason. If you're not a player and you don't have talent in abundance, and look, he's definitely got it. Um, my, my, I'm just getting 
sort of PTSD after what happened with Jack Hamilton last year. Kilmarnock yeah. have obviously just changed, well, looking at changing their manager. Is there an opportunity that he might get recalled? Who knows? But let's just join and join what we've got him, I guess. I said this a couple of shows ago. It's like you want him to do well, but you maybe want him to save it a little bit until next year so that they don't recall him once the once January comes. And I guess they could technically recall him at any time, depending on, on what the loan deal is. But hopefully Stevie can get in touch with Kilmarnock and say, look, secure him to the end of the year with, with no loan recalls because we, we need some guys to hit form. He definitely has the, the toolkit to, to do well in this league. This... This level is below what he's shown he can do in his career so far. So hopefully we do see the best of him. But we've, we've got to get him service. But but going 1-0 up in that game, horrible conditions, it, it, it's got to be said as well. I know a lot of folk that watched the Peterhead stream had real struggle, trouble like actually seeing what was going on. And then when you watch the, the East Fife highlights, it's like, oh, maybe they should have gone to the other side where Stephen Mill and the EAF TV team were because they had a great, Great filming view, and there was there was no trouble seeing any of that. But you you would hope then that under Stevie Crawford, new regime, optimism that they, they would hold on to the lead because Peterhead weren't really doing very much. Peterhead though levelled it with their only shot and target in the whole match, which is disappointing in itself. Sixteen minutes to go, and there's a lot to be disappointed in in this goal. The, the fact that it was their only chance on target and the fact that Ryan Duncan lost his marker, rose unchallenged and easily headed home that equaliser, it was more poor defending that we've seen so many times so far this poor season. Poor defending, he's five, surely not. I, I know, it's like, how, how could it possibly be? I mean, literally, if you, if you had to sum up our season, poor defending would probably be the caption. Um, you know, we seem to just be so fragile defensively. Um, and I'm not sure how Crawford sort of goes about tidying that up without making some signings. But from what I hear, we'll only be able to sign players if we're, um, if we're going to be letting some people go. But from what I've heard, Andrew will say Abonso is already away, so he'll not play for his fife again. I heard little murmurs about that. Not sad to see the back of him. I mean, fair play to him, good luck to him, etc., etc., but he was not cut out for third-tier no. Scottish football. Definitely not. I mean, I think, like, literally, apart from a brief um, glimpse at the Peterhead at home game when he, he came up with his assist, he did absolutely nothing to show me that he was cut out for this level. Um, you know, I, I don't even think he would get a game for a, a lot of the Lowland League teams, so certainly was out of his depth, but from by all accounts, he's meant to be a really, really nice guy, and I wish him well. Like, you know, obviously don't want to see anybody um, you know, have their dreams dashed, you know, a chance of playing at a higher level, but equally what to rise to the occasion and I just don't think that the the relationship between us and Andrew and his ability married up unfortunately, but hopefully he finds a, a good club where he could he could play at his level. It's gonna be interesting to see where he does land and then how he does at that level and I don't know, maybe he just wasn't cut out for the Scottish game because it is it's a very fast paced game up here. And I I, I know like the Whitecaps had a guy that went alone with Queen of the South for half a season, because um, the the Scottish connections in his family and the game here suited him because he loves that kind of style of play. But he did say he couldn't believe how fast it was compared to what he was used to. And I think a lot of folk do come up to Scotland and it's like, wow, this is just like non-stop. Which is maybe 
an indictment of the Scottish game in some ways because it's maybe not the most beautiful football at times. But well, you only have to look at some of the players that have came up to play in the Premier League. Like the guy um, Shane Duffy was playing regular Premier League football, came up and played for Celtic, and was found out couldn't yeah. deal with it. And went back, and he's still playing regularly for Brighton and in the Premier League, the apparent best league in the world. Joey Barton thought he was oh, going to come up here and it'd yeah. be a swan song for him, and he was absolutely brutal. Timo Puke was absolutely awful for Celtic and scores regularly for Norwich in the Premier League. So, I think that you know Scottish football is criminally underrated. Um, you know, if if we had the same investment that they get, even the Championship in England, then our teams would be a lot better. And I think that that our our game doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of folk come up here and they think, oh, it's just we can walk this. It's going to be it's going to be easy. It's going to be a doddle. And then they find out it, it's not. But that, that draw, I mean, the, the positive, there's a couple of positives. If we look at kind of glass half full, glass half empty, the positives are we got a point on the road, only our second road point of the season, which at the halfway mark of the season Tells yeah. you all everything you need to know as to why we are down at the bottom, fighting relegation right now in in a number of ways. But a point is a point, and normally, if you went to Peterhead and you come away with a point, it's not the end of the world. I know they're not one of the best teams in the league, but it's a tough place to go. The other positive is we didn't give up the point that we had because heads could have gone down with that equaliser and we could have caved because we've seen that before so at least there was a bit of fight and they kept that out but the draw sadly if you're looking at the glass half empty side of things six points behind Peterhead now and we talked a lot last year about making Bayview a fortress and getting your home points that's something Peterhead have done very well they've had nine home games there this season they've won four of them they've drawn three of them so they've only only had two defeats it, it did feel like a, a must-win game in some ways to kind of k- keep us into the the looper stuff. But six points behind Peterhead at the end of that one. And then it felt like our predicament was made even worse when Ali Love's 57th-minute goal sealed a 1-0 win for Clyde away to Alloa. That left us seven points behind Clyde then, and you're thinking, wow, we're kind of struggling now to try and close that gap. But there was a positive result last weekend, which was Dumbarton lost 3-1 at home to Montrose, making them second bottom now. And our point closed the gap on them to five. So we are still five points out of at least the relegation playoffs, six at that stage of of being safe altogether. A little silver lining from Clyde's win is it's dragged Aloha back into the relegation battle as well. And... Jumping ahead a little bit, if you look at how it stands right now after this weekend's games, there's only four points separating Peterhead, who have now gone up to fifth, and we'll come to that in a sec, down to Dumbarton in ninth, and then we're five points back off that. But there's a lot of teams, if they hit a bad run of form, if they hit injuries, say they get like some COVID guys out or whatever, they could easily get into trouble if we can only string a few results together. And I know right now that feels like a, a bit of a big if. Yeah, I mean, look, for the stage that we're at in the season, we need to start hoping that, that teams hit in poor vein of forms um, sort of coincides with us hitting a run of form. Because, look, at 
by all accounts yesterday, I, I don't really want to talk too much about that game yesterday because although I was watching it on the stream, I like you couldn't really see much because of the fog. Um, the, the, the the balance of the game looked absolutely awful. But say, for example, in this rearranged game, if we get a win, it puts us within two points of Dumbarton now. Um, and it puts us within two points of, sorry, four points at Alawa. And look, from what I've seen, I, I don't think that there's much between sort of Alawa, Clyde, Dumbarton, us, and I mean, Peter Header just a bit of an anomaly in terms of that um, their home form is saving their bacon, similar to what's happened to us in, in recent years as well. But really, your top four teams look like that. I mean, there's already a decent gap there and they will likely finish the top four teams in the league. Obviously, the, the order might change as it goes on. But realistically, there, there is still a lot of football to be played. My dad was watching the game yesterday and he's a bit of a doom merchant. My dad, oh, I just can't see how we're going to get out of this. We're going down, blah, blah, blah. But that's not really my attitude. I'm like, look, in essence, it's five points. It's it's two wins. You know, it's, it's, it's not unachievable, but we need to strengthen majorly in January for that to be any sort of a possibility. And like I've said already, like, from what I hear, we'll only be able to bring players in if we let players go. So I'm I'm not that, so sure how easy that'll be. Is that letting them go as in we need to get some money back for them or just letting them go anywhere, just get them off the books? I'll be honest. If for I would say there, there's only a core of people that I would be devastated if we lost. Mm. If we got a bid or someone just willing to take over their contract. I don't think that we could really turn our noses up, um, depending on who it was that we were bringing in. Um, you know, there's a lot of boys like, for example, Ross Dunlop. I can't see Ross Dunlop coming back into the team. Um, I think he was a Darren Young favourite. I think that when you look at Stevie Crawford, I would be surprised to see Ross Dunlop get in, in the team. If there was somebody, say, like an Edinburgh City or something like that, come in for him, um, you know, even if it was a nominal fee, get him off the wage books, frees up a wage for us to bring somebody else in. Um, who knows? Um, Scott Gallagher, you know, he's at an older age now. Maybe he just wants to go out and play football. I'm I sure imagine he does. Like him sitting on the bench playing second fiddle to a young guy is not probably where he saw his career being right at this point. No. So, I mean, look, if he got the chance to go and play somewhere else, do we just say, look, off you go? Because he'll be on a decent wage um, considering the experience he's got. And then we just try and negotiate with a bigger club to just say, look, give us one of your young boys on loan free of charge. I'm sure you probably negotiate that um, just as a backup to Jude. Um, so I would probably be looking to do something like that. And then, you know, between Bonsu, Gallagher and potentially somebody like Dunlop or Liam Waugh or somebody like that, then if we could get some of these players off our books to bring a few in. I think the big thing is, is do we even have the conversation with Danny Swanson and say, Look, you're on a big wage for us. We're try we're desperate to stay up here. Um, you've not kicked a ball for us really in a year and a half. We've paid you all through your injury. Are you really wanting to risk coming back and getting another injury in the next six months? Because he runs his own sort of soccer school as well, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, do we just say to him, look, are you really going to be keen to to potentially risk another injury, or do we just shake hands and walk away at that point? Um, obviously, Danny. Danny could very well look after his own interests and say, well, no, I've got a contract and I want you to pay my contract. 
And if that's the case, then we have to respect that. That's what a contract is. But equally, he might just go, you want to know what, I'm just going to retire because um, it's maybe not worth the risk for him anymore because I'm sure he's probably been hit by financially by having this injury as well. Yeah. And and it can, it's it's not going to be fun to be constantly having injuries either. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Wallace moves on because he's a guy we could get money for and it's just been a weird, weird season with the, the club and Ryan right now. I know he was our best player last season. I know you're, you're a huge fan of his and we know what he can do. It could free up the chance to bring someone else in. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be could averse you bring to somebody us. else in that would be better than Ryan Wallace, though, for the He's money not, we would get for him? Yeah, but is he doing it this year, though? That's the thing. I don't think that he's played enough games for us to really decide that yet, and he's not played under Crawford yet. So yeah, the Craw could uh, unleash a, another big spell of, of good stuff from Ryan. I I don't know. I just feel there's a little bit more there, and I yeah, think it, it might be better so, for him if he moves on now. But then he's only going to go to a team in our league that strengthens them and I don't think we could afford to let that happen. Yeah, don't go to like Aloha or Clyde or... or can you imagine <laughs> a, a good Willie Wallace partnership for Clyde? That would keep them safe. That would put us essentially definitely down. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I think that with the Wallace one, I wouldn't let him go until the end of the season because equally, like... We, we don't know. There's definitely something going on behind the scenes with Wallace. I'm 100% convinced by that. Um, I believe that he's um, out through illness just now. Mm. Um, that's all I've heard. Um, the illness, you automatically think COVID, but obviously you don't want to assume that. And obviously the, can't, the club can't release that, um, obviously, about somebody's personal health. But, I mean, I think, I think I've said already that I would love to see a formation that includes three a front three, uh, St. Paul, um, Wallace and Connell. Um, and obviously one of them drops out, you've got Kevin Smith that can come in. So you've got, yeah, definite potential there in that. I think that our, our whole issue is a lack of creativity. We've got nothing on the flanks. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I, I think Danny Denham's a decent player, but he's not creating much. Um, we've got Miller, Davidson, McManus, none of them are going to create much for you. Um, so really, and the, 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 our issue, I feel, as, as much as we're completely got fiberglass arses at the back, and um, we're equally not scoring a lot either. Minus eighteen goal difference um, is indicative of not scoring enough and conceding too much. So yeah, that, um, you're never going to stay up if you're letting goals in a, a, that regularly and. Like even that Peter Head goal that we talked about, it was it was just terrible, terrible stuff. It, it, I I want us to be optimistic. I want us to feel we can get out of this because otherwise, the second half of the season is just depressing. And doing a, a podcast talking about that is going to get us down. So as long as we still feel we have a chance, I, I think we're going to feel pretty optimistic here at Glory Days of Gold. It's not quite a lost cause yet, Stevie does have a big job ahead of him to, to try and save our season, but he's got a little bit of help in the dugout. Yeah, he does. Help in hand. East Fife legend has come back to the club. Friend of the show, Greg McDonald. And if you want to, to revisit Greg's career with the, the club and pre-East Fife and post-East Fife, 
check out our very in-depth interview that we had with Greg back in episode 8 of the show, which was in July last year, Lee, when I looked that up, I couldn't believe it was that long ago. Doesn't feel that long ago that we were we were chatting to him. But you must be absolutely delighted that he's back. Oh, mate, you know where Greg stands in my eyes, and I, I touted him for the job. He's, you know, of hero-level worship for me. I just think he's a great guy. Um, and not only that, as you know how much he loves the club. Yeah. And, um, and I think that was massive for me. Like, it's, it's that sort of, like I've said in the past, you know, a, a sort of Greg McDonald slash Kevin Smith dream team would probably be my ideal um, partnership in terms of my heart. But obviously I think Head was, obviously as I said all along, that I thought Crawford was the right one. If my head was making the decision, um, if it was my heart, then, you know, it would have been somebody like Greg McDonald or, or Kevin Smith. So um, I think that we've got the best of both worlds in that. Greg obviously being a defender, hopefully help us tighten at the back. Crawford being a striker, hopefully help us become a little bit more free flowing in our attack. I never so, thought of that aspect of it, actually. That's a very good point. So we're going to have the best of both worlds. Two former players played together. Although I have been re-listening to the episode, um, and I don't know if um, any of our other listeners have. I, I wanted to just try and like refresh my memory because we're planning to get... Um, I've spoken to Greg, and he's going to plan to come on in the new year and, and have a chat with us again. Excellent. But I was a bit like, I better make sure that I re-listen to that. And he talks about his release from East Fife, and it was Stevie Crawford that released him. Um, and I was a bit like, oh, that must have been for a, an awkward conversation. Um, but apparently um, it was because we didn't offer him enough money because he was coming back from an injury. That was the only reason he left. So Luke Crawford obviously thinks enough of Greg that he's brought him back. Um, although he might uh, be kind of kicking himself a wee bit because I think it's probably inevitable Gary Naismith's going to get the tin tack in a couple of weeks and maybe he could have done a little role reversal and brought Gary in as assistant manager <laughs> but look I think, I think that Greg is a great choice I mean 189 appearances for us over 7 years 36 goals um, is an incredible return rate for a sort of defender midfielder championship winner was I mean just a total legend I mean he is like if you cut him he bleeds black and gold which we did say you should probably go and see the doctor about that because that doesn't sound like it's overly healthy but he loves the club I'm sure Div Muir described him as Mr East Fife and and Div's somebody that I would describe as a Mr East Fife so to say that to hear that that coming from somebody like Div about Greg McDonald and look I've spoken I've spoken to Greg very very briefly and all he said was he's absolutely delighted to be back. And, you know, my little heart fluttered. What a legend. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I, I wish Craw and Greg all the very best. They're going to they're gonna need it. But I, I hadn't picked up until you said that, that we have got a defender and, a, and an attacker as our management team now. So it'll be interesting when we chat to Greg to see if they are individually working on different areas of the team. And if we're still giving up crappy goals, we can say to Greg, hey, get lace back up and get out there, because I, I think we uh-huh. might need him. You'd no, get injured putting his boots on, Greg. Oh, that's true. I mean, he's, he's got <laughs> managerial experience with Sterling Albion. He's been with Partick Thistle in their academy. So it, it's also one of those things that if we do well, and if Craw then moves on to, to bigger things and doesn't bring Greg with him, you've got a ready-made number two to take over. So hopefully it's the best of... Both, both worlds for everything. Yeah, like, they've got that in common. I just had chilli for tea. I've got a ready number two as well. <laughs> well, we know Greg is a black and gold legend. We found out 
in episode 10 of the podcast whether he fancied a chocolate digestive. So you can revisit that episode as well. One thing, though, that we don't know about Greg McDonald is when he goes to the chippy, what is his condiments of choice? I'm on that and I bag your chips. Salt and sauce with it. I'm on that and I bag your chips. Salt and sauce with it. You're in the chippy? You want to have a bag of chips, maybe maybe fish and chips, but definitely a bag of chips. Do you have salt, salt and vinegar, salt and sauce? Salt and vinegar. Good answer. Sorry, they, that was the hard. They were the hardest question. <laughs> <laughs> they were really difficult. Jeez, oh. they were, I, yeah, they I'm you. Look at the headlights there. I know. I, I was. I'm like, shit. What do I normally have when I go to the chippy? I'm like, I know. I'm thinking, how do you do? How how were you with the media when they were asking you questions? If you can't answer what your favourite biscuit is. No, I normally it's normally it's fine. You know, it's just talking about goals and that type of thing and poor refereeing decisions. But not when you're getting into like you know really tough things like what's your favourite biscuit. Like, Greg McDonald there. So hopefully things will be easier on the bench for Greg than answering our food-related questions. He really struggled. I, I'd forgotten until I, I dug this back out again. But we we spoke to Greg for I think an hour and a half, two hours, and he had answers for everything. Start asking him about biscuits and food and stuff. He was struggling with getting an answer. Because it wasn't football related, poor Greg. Yeah. But it, it was an eventful start to his time on the bench at Bayview, being back at Bayview. That game, as we, we touched upon, against Falkirk yesterday, was abandoned after 40 minutes with, with fog. Falkirk had just gone ahead minutes before through through Aidan Keener. We, we won't talk too much uh, about this one because it's not even a proper game. It doesn't count anymore. I, I do have just a couple of quick questions for you because I haven't seen anything off it. I've just seen some photos was it as bad at kickoff as it was when it ended, or had it just got so worse? Because it, it, I saw some pictures at kickoff time and it didn't look great, and I'm amazed that the game actually even started. Yeah, look, it was difficult for me because I was watching the stream. I've, mm. I've hurt my back again, so I didn't oh, want no. to go and sit in the, the freezing cold. So I watched it in the stream, and I was surprised the game even went ahead. I was getting some some photos sent to me from from Scott Young and and Dyla. Um, I think even Craig Brown sent me one as well, and it, it just looked awful. And, I, and it was, I think it was Stephen Mill that was like, if it's a close call for an offside or a penalty, how hundred percent? Like surely the linesman or the assistant referee now can't be a hundred percent if he's gonna to have to try and give that. And that for me, that if that if that that doubt is remotely in your mind, the game shouldn't have gone ahead. There's a lot of butthurt Falkirk fans on um Yeah, on I saw and, some of the stuff and it's like Yeah, yeah we, we made it get foggy. Yeah. But there was the comment the guy was like, you need better floodlights and I was a bit like, you don't understand life, my friend. Yeah. You don't yeah. understand weather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, so I just need to put on better lights. Yeah, because see, when you're driving, you put your fog lights on, it instantly clears up the oh, yeah. everywhere. We should all just knock the wall down and park our cars and put the fog lights on and we'll develop play the night minutes. You fucking moron. Um, but yeah, look, 
I was quite glad because I don't think we were playing very well. Seemed a lot of hoofball going on. But I saw a lot of comments about that, that we were just hoofing it up the park from what folk could tell. But I mean, is that because they can't see who's two foot in front of them? So they're just booting it anywhere, you know? And look, Keener's goal looked a pretty good one. If I'm him, I'm raging that that won't get um, entered into goal of the season. But I mean, how much of a chance did Jude get to see it? So, um, yeah, we, we move on. It's a nothing yeah. game. Tie boshed. See you later. I was at a, a game uh, about a month and a half ago here. It's one of the local amateur games that I go to, and it was called off by, by Fog as well. Pretty much close to the same um, mark that this one got called off and after a goal as well. And it, it was farcical conditions. You, if you, you can check out the video. I've got that up on the AFT in Canada YouTube channel. So a team scored and... The, the team that scored the goal were like, eh, great goal, celebrating. The team that gave the goal up said he was offside. So the referee couldn't see a thing. So he went to speak to the linesman at that side. And the linesman said, oh, uh, yeah, it, were, it I think it might have been offside. So then the goal got chalked off. And then the other linesman, who had a clear view, put his flag up and called him over going, no, the guy, it was a pass back that the guy pounced on. And then that's how he scored. He was offside. He was in an offside position, but it was a pass back. So then the goal got given, and then all the teams were complaining. And it's like, how can you give that? You can't see. And it's like, you're not even the linesman at this side. And it was farcical. And it went on for five minutes until the referee had enough and said, right, that's it. Game's off. Probably the wisest decision. But yeah, look, I think it was definitely the right game, to, the, the right decision to call it off. Although I don't understand how it even started. But we move. No. I, I I do like games played in adverse weather conditions. I, I go and watch one of the university teams here and they play up a mountain and October, November time, the fog comes in and it's amazing. Just the photos you can get and stuff. It's shit to watch football in, but it, I, I like those kind of atmospheres anyway. I suppose that's summit you need to see to believe, yeah? Oh, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yes. But, that Falkirk game is provisionally rescheduled for January 22nd as both teams are out of the cup, so at least it's not getting played midweek, so that could be a good thing. This was Falkirk's first game with Martin Rennie, the former Whitecaps head coach, at the helm for them. And he's got a new assistant as well, Lee, and it's a guy that there was lots of murmurs that he had put in for the East Fife job. Well, actually, there's lots of murmurs he'd put in for every single job in football because he he's left Australia I've been watching a lot of the, the A-League in, in the last year and a bit so he was down as an assistant at Western Sydney Wanderers but the, with Covid and trying to travel back and forth to see family and stuff he's, he's come back to Scotland he wanted to get into management going as an assistant at Falkirk seems a, a strange one but that could be a, a formidable management team they've got at Falkirk but it's another it's a, it's, it feels like a poison chalice. You've not got a lot of wiggle room in that job right now. No. Um, a very strange one for me because Kevin Thompson seems to get tipped for every job going, so I'm pretty sure that Brother Miller could have got brought into Kelty um, if, if um, Thompson moved on. And look, that might still end up being the case. But yeah, a bit of a, a strange one for Kenny going in as assistant manager. But look, he maybe needs some money. So he's just mm. taken the opportunity a chance. And I think that Rennie, from what I've read up, he took Miller to the White Caps. So yep, he signed him over here. Yeah, I, it was, 
there was that there was a spell it felt like Martin Rennie was doing like football manager because he brought in Kenny Miller he brought in Barry Robson and it's like you're just signing guys that you know from watching them in Scotland but Martin Rennie is a lifelong Falkirk fan so this is like a dream for him to to be in charge there since he was a bear hey well you're in top form see see what happens when the other two aren't here exactly the, the good Lee comes back that's it I've got room to express myself. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. Without dog hogging all like, the conversation. <laughs> I, well, you avoided all the the, the Peterhead fish pun, so I, 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 I was glad about that. I was like, oh, oh, God, what are we going to get today? But no, oh, boo. I know, terrible. <laughs> so that game was off yesterday, which obviously you're like, oh, oh are we going to be cast further adrift at the bottom? But Clyde's game with Airdrie was also abandoned due to fog, with the visitors leading 2-1. Elsewhere in League One, Dumbarton lost again, this time 3-2 at home at Peterhead. And from nowhere, and tying in with what we said earlier, if you can string a couple of results together, the Blue Toon are up to fifth in the table. Mental. Two unbeaten games, and they're fifth. And they've got a bit of a cushion. (laughs) Have you got these all written down? Because this is very impressive. (laughs) Oh, dear. But yes, as you said, all of a sudden... We win our game in hand against Falkirk. I know, that's still a big if. Two points behind Dumbarton. We've still got to play them twice. And you're like, ooh. So things are getting interesting. Aloha's also in danger of getting embroiled in a relegation dogfight. They went down 3-0 to Leaders Cove. Montrose and Queen's Park played out a 1-0 draw. The the festive period's going to be interesting. And I think it's a tough one for those of us at the bottom of the table. We've got two very hard games. We're away at Cove on Boxing Day. We can only hope that the Cove players eat too much and drink too much and they have a, a bad time of it because I don't see us getting much from that one. Are you planning on going up for that? Or are you going to be working? Not a chance. Just... Not a chance. I'm off, but I'm, I'll probably buy the stream, but um, not on Boxing Day. I, I don't get a lot of time off over Christmas, mm. so I don't want to really be taking an entire day to go to Aberdeen. No, because, yeah, it's like that's... I mean, a lot of folk will have a, a, a good sesh that day and it'll be a, a good day out for them. I think the football might be the spoiling factor for, for those people having a, a good day out. But, hey, who knows? Stranger things have happened. But we follow that up on January 2nd, our New Year's games at home in Montrose. And although we're good at home, Montrose always seems to be one of these teams that just causes us problems. Yeah, and look, I mean, they did a, they did tremendous to hold on to Petrie when he was the hot favourite for the Dunfermline job. Yeah, just been given a new contract. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, that if we can get three points out of six, I would be delighted with that. Um, or two points um, would be would be great. But I think the likelihood is that we could end up with zero. Um, but I think that we really need a minimum of two points out of that. Yeah, we're unbeaten in two. Can we be unbeaten in four to to round off the year and start? Can we the claim year? that though? Can we claim yesterday? <laughs> I am. I told you, I'm, I'm. I'm just clutching at straws now for everything. <laughs> Looking around us though, like Dumbarton, I've got a couple of tough games, so I I don't see them pulling away. They're away to Queens Park and Boxing Day, and then home to to Airdrie. I don't know that they get anything from those games, so that could keep us just right on their tail. Clyde's away at Falkirk. You've got to think that Rennie's first game in charge of Falkirk at home, they're going to be up for that one. Then Clyde's at home at Queen's Park. And again, I can see Clyde not 
getting any points from that as well. So this is a chance for us to, to close the gap or maybe not fall any further behind, which might be all we can hope for. So interesting times ahead. I, I do have to ask because... I've been. I try and watch Sky News at least once a day just to kind of keep up with what's happening with the, all the COVID situation and stuff over there. I I know in England this weekend the Premier Games were severely hit with COVID outbreaks, and over here the ice hockey that there's been tons of teams coming down with with stuff. There's going to be new restrictions coming in here. Um, from at the moment, if you're an elite sports person. You don't need to be vaccinated to get into Canada if you show a negative test. But from January 15th, if you're even an elite sports person, you don't get in to Canada at all unless you're you're fully vaccinated. So there's going to be... Yeah, I, I think that's quite right as well. But there's going to be a lot of sports people then can't come in and play games in Canada because of that. And it's like, oh, well, boo-hoo, what a shame. I, I don't know. We won't get too much into COVID in this, but... Do you have fears that we could be going into a situation where the lower leagues are suspended again or fans aren't allowed into these lower league games? I think that fans will be curtailed in the new year. Um, the, it just looks like that. I mean, the infection rates just now are insane. I saw Fife was ninth worst area in Scotland for the, yeah. the new variant. It's like, holy I, shit. You know, I've not had it yet. Um, none like none of my immediate family have had it, um, except from my brother-in-law and his his partner. Um, we've been honestly like Teflon, but I mean my wife Rachel and sit like is constantly washing her hands. I work in retail, like I mean mm. like, you can't actually see my hands right now, but they're red rocks. I've got to constantly use because I mean I'm touching people's phones every day. Um, oh, of course. So really, I mean I'm constantly backs in my hands. So it's kind of like we're maybe quite lucky. That we've not had it yet, but it just seems to be getting closer and closer to home. I mean, obviously, I don't want to go too much into COVID because I know how much a controversial subject it is and not everybody's opinions are the same. But yeah, it's, it's scary times and I'm just praying that we don't have another lockdown, to be honest. Did, did I read that all sporting events, you've got to show that you're vaccinated or have a negative test or... I think only of a certain capacity. So it's only if it's yeah. over 10,000? I'm kind of mixing up some of the regulations here and some of the stuff here. Cause... Well, honestly, Michael, they change that often. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, I know. We don't get asked at Bayview, so we're fine. All right. I, I had hoped to come over just before Christmas or into the New Year to, to see my folks and see you and take a game and stuff. And I w- was waiting until things had got better with border things and restrictions were relaxed. And it was just getting there. And then they're all back in again. So I don't know when I'm ever going to get over. At some point, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and and get over. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, nothing too bad happens. Because at least if they get the Boxing Day and New Year games in, it's a big money earner for these lower league teams like ourselves. And it's going to be such a big blow to, to clubs if fans aren't allowed in. So fingers crossed that we do get out of this. We, we spoke about this in last year's Christmas show. I love that the festive period football-wise, and then we were just chatting before we were recording the darts as well. We're both big darts fans. For me, Christmas time, sports-wise, it's football and darts, and it's like that's what what makes it for me. The Boxing Day games, the New Year's Day games. There's so many happy memories that I've had over the years of, of going to those matches, and it's something I really miss here because the the MLS schedule runs 
basically March to December, so you don't have any games over the Christmas and New Year period. The local amateur league takes a, a two to three week holiday over that time period, so there's no games to to get out to for me there either. So I'm just relying on, on games being on TV. And it, it's kind of, it's crazy to think back to, like when I was a, a kid, because obviously I'm I'm a lot older than you, Lee, as you always like to, to point out. I think I've got about probably 20 years on you. Yeah, it can be 20 years. Oh, my God, it makes me seem so I'm, old. I'm 32, how old are you? 53. Oh, Jesus. Ouch. You're old just enough to be my dad, mate. Two decades. I'm two decades older than you. Yeah. And there's two decades talking about two decades. But, <laughs> but back back in the, the early 70s, even up to about 74, 75, games were played on Christmas Day. Yeah. And when you think back yeah. now, footballers would be like, I'm not playing on Christmas Day. And it's uh, Boxing Day is now taking over. So people know that over the year and a half, coming up for two years now that we've done this show, we've been spoken to a wide variety of East Five legends. And earlier this year, we spoke to Peter McQuaid. Was that, that last year? year? I yeah. have no idea. Is it that long ago? Yes, yeah, it's, it's over a year. At some point, anyway, we spoke to Peter McQuaid. And he is the only player that we've spoken to that actually played a game on Christmas Day. So got a chance back then just to chat about Peter, about his memories of playing over the festive period for East Fife in the early 70s. So go grab an eggnog, mince pie, sit back and listen to Peter McQuaid regale us with some fun tales about Christmas's past. Peter, you're one of the the few players, I think, that we, we've spoken to so far that would actually have played a match on Christmas Day because way back in the in the day, matches were played on Christmas Day. What was that like for you as a player having to actually play a game all, on Christmas Day? I probably wouldn't have um, thought twice about it. Uh, as you say, back then and New Year's Day was the same also. Um, it was just a fact of life and... Uh, you just accept, well, I certainly just accepted it and, and got on with it. Um, Christmas can often be a, a kind of out of proportion sometimes with people's expectations of what it's all about. Um, but I was brought up um, to appreciate Christmas Day, but more from a re- religious perspective than, you know, it's all about presents and Santa Claus. No, although that's all very well and all very nice. Um, so Christmas Day for me wasn't the be-all and end-all. So it, I'd rather play football than have my Christmas dinner. I, I read a, an interesting article with you. Uh, this goes a, a little bit back, but you were talking about uh, one of the New Year's Day games uh, and you were playing Wraith Rovers and you and another player were getting put up in the Cali the night before and you had a curfew, but you sneaked out and had a, a few drinks on, on Hogmanay but you, you did come back and you were expecting to be playing certain players the next day for Wraith, but they'd had a bit too much the night before and they hadn't actually made the game. What, what do you remember about stuff like that? That's right. Now, I would correct you on, yes, it was uh, the night before uh, Hogmanay and we were in the Carling Hotel and leaving and my roommate was Dave Gorman, the goalkeeper. Ah, yes. But David well, had family and he was married at the time, and he wanted to go home for the bells. Um, and so we 
a pal of mine was the manager at the Cali Hotel, and I had asked him if he would let us out uh, around about quarter to 12 so that Davy could get up to his house with me to bring in the new year and say hello to his family. And my mate Pat agreed to that. He said, but if you're not back here by half past 12, you'll be locked out. <laughs> we were playing Wraith Rovers the next day. And when we got to Starts Park, uh, the manager at the time uh, said to me, I've got some good news for you, Pete. I said, what's that? He says, Benny Maguire's no playing. Well, Benny was one of the best outside rights I ever played against. And he was from Clyde Bank. But Benny had gone out and got absolutely pissed <laughs> the night before and got arrested by the police and ended up in jail. So he didn't he was making an appearance and I was quite glad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, different times. <laughs> absolutely different times, right. <laughs> Superb. So Peter McQuaid there regaling us with some fun tales of Christmas and New Year games past. I mean, that was such a great story, Lee, about sneaking out to bring the bells in and then making sure they're back in time and then the Rovers missing out players because they had been arrested or they'd had too much to drink the night before. Yeah, brilliant. Do you think it's changed days or do you think lower league players still go out and get bevied on like Hogmanay and New Year's Day? I'm sure Kevin Smith will be sinking a few Peronis on Christmas Day. Sure it. Maybe this is what we're going to need to kind of like lift us for Boxing Day. I don't know. We'll be able to tell who's had too much turkey, I guess. Let's hope we don't think the whole team's turkey's up at Cove anyway on Boxing Day. So what we always like to do in this show, especially these fun episodes like our Christmas special, is bring you a little bit of music. So we've got some musical things that we're going to bring you in this episode and I'm going to bring you a special Christmas wavelength. There's not a lot of football related Christmas songs and I'm kind of clutching at straws here to make this a football song but I'm going with it anyway because there's a good football connection with this band. Welsh band Los Campesinos and I believe you are a fan of theirs as well Lee. Yeah. I've seen them a couple of times actually. Um, one of my friends, Martin, he's a, a music journalist, um, and he introduced me to Los Campesinos years ago, um, before you me dancing. Um, if none of you have listened to that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you'll have heard that it was there. I, I think it was for Budweiser for the World Cup a few years back. Um, it was one of their big songs, so definitely go and give that a listen to. So yes, yeah, seen them chatting to them after it because Martin interviewed them. Really, really nice. Um, really, really nice bands. Got some great songs as well. Yeah, they've got a lot of football-related songs. They, yeah. They've got some solely about football. Uh, plan A or Plan B, I can't remember what it's called. That's that's a, a really good one. And there's songs that... There's lots of football lyrics in them. They've got a couple of songs where they're kind of regaling modern life but using football terminology. So I, I love all that kind of stuff. So what I've picked for a Christmas number from them, because it does mention Boxing Day games and going to the football on Boxing Day, which is why I've dug this one out. This is Los Campesinos, A Doe to a Deer.
Lost Campesinos, a doe to a deer, little bit of football reference in there, but going to Boxing Day games, thought that was nice to follow up our, our chat with Peter McQuaid with. And Lost Campesinos, there's, as I said, a lot of football connections, because they've got a lot of football lyrics in their songs and songs about football. They also sponsor 
Welton Rovers. It's a tier 10 team. They play out in Somerset in the English football pyramid. They're currently leading Western League Division 1 and their shirts are sponsored by Los Campesinas. And I've been wanting to get one and they had a pre-sale and I missed it on Twitter and they sold out and then they put some extras up. But they put it up at a time when I was still in bed and I didn't wake up in time and they only had extra large left that I didn't want to buy because it'd be like a tent on me and I actually wanted to wear it. Because I've got a little bit of a collection of football-related band shirts, so I really wanted to add that one to it. I've got Goldie-looking chain. Have you got, uh, did you get? Because uh, you got the Burberry one, right? I got the Burberry one that's been pulled, and it was going for a spell on eBay for two hundred and fifty to three hundred pounds. But someone seems to have got, and I would not be surprised if this is the band themselves, a whole box of them. So they've flooded eBay, and they're going for ninety-nine pounds just now. So <laughs> the the rarity of it has gone. If I was one of those guys that had paid 250 quid for it and then all these shirts came up in all these different sizes, I'd be yeah. really pissed off. What do you but, think of my shirt today, Michael? I quite like it. Inter Miami, not a favourite team of mine in MLS, but they do have some good shirts. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, um, and some of our listeners will probably laugh at this, but I enjoy a pink football shirt. I like a brown football shirt. There's some kind of sexual connotations going on here, I know. But <laughs> you I, I, the Michael. <laughs> You like the pink, I like the brown. <laughs> the the White Cats brought out a brown shirt as a third kit in 2013, and it was called Arbutus Brown after Arbutus trees and stuff. And folk hated it here, and it it was brown with kind of like a aquamarine hoop. I loved yeah. it. I didn't buy it because I was trying to get a free one from the club, and I never did. And then it sold out, and I've not been able to get uh, one since. But I I I, I like these unique kind of colours. And I like shirts that's got like weird sponsors and like Los Campesinas and Welton Rovers. They, they sponsor them for a couple of years now because the lead singer of the band, Gareth, is actually a director of the club as well. And I keep meaning to get in touch with him to have a chat with him about football just in general. So maybe try and do that in the new year and we'll, we'll bring it to yeah, you in, to do that. in this show. So that, that, that would be a fun one to have. But anyway, moving on from that. Boxing Day games, they're a Christmas staple, Lee. But so is fun and games. And I think it's time now to play one that we haven't played for a while. Who am I? So, remind us of the rules. Quite simple. You have got, I think, I normally did five. One, two, three, four. Yep, five questions to try and get who it is. Now, I know that you're not great with sort of modern day East Five, so I've yeah. tried to pick somewhere in the middle for you. I'll be honest with you, I've made it fairly easy for you. I know that you're getting old now um, and your memory is not quite what it used to be, Michael. So <laughs> I, I thought I would try and pick one um, and see how we go. So, Question numero uno, since we're on a Los Campesinos sort of Spanish theme. Born on the 10th of December, 1982. 82, so he's 39. Stephen Tweed. Stephen Tweed will be a lot older than that. Started his career at St. Johnston, but failed to make a single appearance before signing for East Fife in 2002. 
Oh. I don't know. Next. Made 51 appearances in a two-year spell. Craig O'Reilly. No. I'm just Craig randomly picking Craig O'Reilly is about 2008, so I think you're a long way off. <laughs> um, he scored 11 goals playing as a midfielder slash forward. Nah. This is where I think that if you don't get it, a lot of people will. He then got the opportunity to return to the land of his birth, where he played for Tooks FC, Kaiser Chiefs, and uh, thanks Royal Zulu. GG! Gordon Gilbert. Gordon also capped for the South African B team. Who am I? Take it away. Gordon Gilbert. Correct. He runs like a newborn fog. Sometimes scores you a goal. I, I was remember a Jim Moffat interview and he's like when he starts running he's like a freight train <laughs> he went on to have a decent career down in South Africa yeah, yeah. a player I actually really liked and somebody that we could probably easily get on the show because I know he still keeps in touch with Kenny ah. um, so maybe something that we could try and do in the new year yeah um, I'd like to get back to doing some interviews especially like if the season starts to to look inevitable that we're going down or once we get relegated Covering the games on a weekly basis is going to be crap. Let's be honest, the fan zone is yeah. not going to be great listening for people at home. It's not going to be a lot of fun for us doing it. So I think we can get back to some of the interviews then as well. Hopefully Definitely we don't do a, that. There's a few players that I, I really want to speak to, actually. Um, Gordon Gilbert. I would love to speak to somebody like Gordon Russell. Darren Smith, who was at us. I mean, there's a lot of players. I st- I'd love to do Stevie Crawford because what a career he had. Um, I'd like to do a proper full-on interview with him. Um, so there's definitely yeah. um, some people to, to go back to. But more importantly, is it my turn now? Yeah, I've got one for you. I'm just wanting to pull one thing up about this person, just because I might throw this in as a final clue now. Well, another player that I thought, like, a few players that I thought we could try and get would be like Jimmy Herkes. Um, oh. who was at us um, Jim Butter there's there's a lot of players that um, I would really like to to get on the show um, and of course like as our listeners like if there's anybody that you guys would like to see or could get us in touch with I mean obviously we've got the Archibald um, in live in person event that, that got postponed but coming up to um, that the next big one on my list scored in jury that's one I'd love to make happen yeah that would be good as well I I like Gordon Forrest, who spent time as a player and a coach at East Fife, and who's currently the assistant coach to, to Robbie Nielsen, who who played five games for, for East Fife back in 2013. Yeah, he could get them both on and, and chat about that, get Hearts fans listening to us as well. But yeah, yeah Gordon said he'll he'll do it. I've just not had a, a chance to, to sit down with Gordon and, and sort that out, because he also was the assistant manager uh, at the Whitecaps as well. Funnily, after Martin Rennie left. So, Anyway, let's get into yours now, Lee. And I was born on the 8th of July, 1981, in Stirling. Right. I'm a midfielder that spent two spells at East Fife. Right. I started my career... With Sterling Albion. I had three spells playing with Sterling Albion. But my big move 
came to Motherwell after a couple of seasons with the Beanos? Stevie Nicholas. Oh, yes, well done. Get in. I was trying to find what episode we spoke to him um, on in the podcast. That's what I was looking up because I was going to put that in. I said, we spoke to him in episode whatever. And for some reason, it's not coming up in my Google search. Because we've not done a chat with him. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with you. I think I actually gave you Stevie Nicholas as a Who Are You in an earlier episode, but it shows you how long ago that's been. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I wanted to pick one that you would know because I can't pick the old ones for you. Oh, but that went disastrously wrong then. Ah, well. <laughs> All fun and games. Right. Absolutely. Ah. We've still got some more games to play, Michael. Yes. For another fun section. Oh, yes. You? And funnily enough, Stevie Nicholas might pop up in that section. Yes, I think I've well. got him too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. But anyway, you, you were hoping, as you touched on there, for, for some fun and games this past week at, at Bayview because the evening with Steve Archibald had been scheduled for Thursday, Lee. But unfortunately, COVID has disrupted that. It's been rescheduled now to March. I was gutted. Stevie's so 65 bad. now, so I think he was travelling over from Spain. It, it was the right decision, but yeah, that, that was a tough one. Yeah, that, like a lot of planning had gone into play with it and, you know, we've done so well to sell the tickets that we had. Um, I believe the majority of people have retained their tickets. I think we've only had a few returned then um, for people that can't make the rearranged date, but oh. I'm sure that they'll they'll sell fairly quickly again. I mean, the amount of people that messaged me after that saying, oh, is there any tickets left? Can you get me in? So I'm sure that we'll be able to to get rid of them. Before. Yeah, if, if COVID calms down, I might try and get over for that now. So make sure you keep one back for me just in case. No problem. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, obviously, there were so many things you could have talked to Stevie about and his, his career with his five, his career with Spurs, Barcelona. I only had one real question I wanted to ask him. <sighs> me too. And that question was, does Steve Archibald fancy a chocolate digestive? <sighs> we'll, we'll never know. Except we will because we got a chance to chat with Stevie during the week to ask him just that. So, Steve, if you're sitting at home and you decide to have a, a hot beverage, what is your hot beverage of choice? Would it be a tea, a coffee or something else? Definitely a tea, not a coffee. Unless, unless I'm ill, you know, it'll be hot toddy. Oh, of course. Yeah, can't get away from that. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have a sweet tooth? Do you like to have a biscuit with your your oh, tea? Yes, I've just had to hand that. I was eating a lolly when when I come on, and I had to give <laughs> half of it away to my son. So, what would be your biscuit of choice then? Oh, chocolate digestive. Oh, fantastic! And the, the big question: Are you a dunker? Who isn't? I know. Come some, on. Bizarrely, some folk. Are you not? Oh, oh my God! There's something wrong with you, mate. Oh, David, I'm very disappointed with that. <laughs> Just to give you an idea, Steve, you're going to have made Mike's day because our actual section is called Does Anybody Fancy a Chocolate Digestive, which is based Ooh. after a certain punk rock song. So, yep, you'll have made his day. Yeah, you're only, yeah. I think, the third person, because I do it over here as well, and you're only the third person that's ever picked Chocolate Digestive. And the other two were from the UK, so that's maybe got something to do with it. I've got, uh, there's, there's English shops here where you can go and shop for that kind of stuff, and, and that's where we get it. There's two packets in, in the kitchen right now. Well, oh. not really two, there's one and a quarter, because I've eaten three quarters of the first pack. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Oh, Steve Archibald there, confirming his legendary status. He went for the good old chocolate digestive, Lee, and you mentioned it. It, it made my day. Yeah, well, I actually seen your little eyes, like almost like the emoji you get on your phone with a little love heart sticking out of them when he confirmed it was a chocolate digestive and he dunked. I think that, yeah, your, your boxers were probably pregnant at that point. Yeah, the, the current head coach of the Canadian men's national team, John Herdman, who's an Englishman, he picked Chocolate Digestive as well. And he was the first guy that did it when I did it over here. And I was so excited. Ah, oh, fantastic stuff. I need to get myself some digestives for Christmas because I, I've run out at the moment. And we've got some of the limited edition ones in the stores over here, like gingerbread flavour and mince pie flavour. Mm-hmm. In spite of gingerbread, I could get on board with, I think. Had gingerbread last year. They had Christmas pudding, I think, last year as well. That was a nice one. Well, basically, it's just some spices in it. Something that I actually seen. So um, I keep meaning to say to you, if you're wanting a care package sent over, please let me know. But I seen something the other day. I thought, I know somebody who would love that. And Mackey's have released Scottish tablet popcorn. Oh, now. It's very nice. I, I'm not a big popcorn fan. There's one I quite like here, which is like dark chocolate on it. And I don't mind some caramel corn, but I'm not sure about... Mm, I'm not sure about missing tablet. Out. I'm missing know. out. I thought that'd be right up your street. It, it might be. I might try it and, and love it. We get some Mackey's crisps and stuff over here, at least. So, I mean, that's, good. that's good. I'm going to hit one of the the UK stores here after the, the game I'm going to this afternoon out in this area so we'll see what kind of goodies I, I can pick up there what's your Christmas plans this year Lee just a, a quiet one with it with a family yeah I mean my daughter's four now so I mean she's proper buzzing about Christmas oh, this will be the first big one for us yeah this now. will be a great time for you yeah um, she's completely obsessed with ABBA and when I say obsessed I mean totally and utterly obsessed that only thing that she's asked for Christmas is for a piano so that she could be like Bjorn from ABBA. Oh, mamma mia! Yeah, and then I tell her that it's Benny that plays the <laughs> piano and she's like, well, I want a piano. So we've got her a wee like, sort of mini kids keyboard sort of idea for Christmas. Um, so looking forward to that. We've got oh. my mum for Christmas this year, Rachel's parents and Rachel's brother and her girlfriend. Unfortunately, my dad works in the care industry, so he's working at Christmas. Oh. Um, and normally we would have my granddad and Rachel's granddad, but both have sadly passed this year. So it's going to be a kind of strange Christmas with, without them. But um, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the days as a whole. We host everybody here the, um, every year. So looking forward to some good grub and I've got lots of nice beer and rum to, to enjoy as well. So, yeah, much looking forward to it. Oh, fantastic. Ah, we'll just have a, a quiet one. Uh, as some folk will know, we sadly lost our, our dog this week. So this is going to be the, our first Christmas since 2003 that we haven't got a little doggy running around the household. So wow. that's going to feel a bit weird. Um, we thought about even just fostering one, but it's kind of too soon just, just after to, to to do that. So we'll probably have a quiet one. if It's, it's meant to be snowy, so we might actually get a white yes. Christmas, which... We've only had maybe two white Christmases here because it doesn't snow much in Vancouver at the best of times. 
But there's been a couple of years. One year, my parents came over. I think it was 2009. And it was the worst snowstorm at Christmas for years. And we couldn't go anywhere or do anything because it was that bad. So that was a kind of crappy one. But yeah, we'll probably just have a have a nice Christmas one. Just Caitlin and me. And we'll kind of see how it goes. Are you expecting any football-related gifts this year? Do you think anything will be winging your way? I don't think so. I've, all year, I really like the Man United away kit this year, the, the blue and white one. Um, and I've almost bought myself it several times. But my wife and I, we don't exchange gifts at Christmas. So um, I can't see it. Um, I'm afraid this year, um, Rachel doesn't listen to the fan zone episodes. She only listens to the interviews. Well, yeah, um, she hates Doug. Yeah, who can blame her? He's a yeah. dick. Um, <laughs> nah, the, he, uh, last year, obviously, after the whole banter, and I said that I wanted the Maradona book, I got that for Christmas yeah. last year. Um, she says that she really wanted to mug me off and buy me the Pele one, but against her better judgment, she decided not to do that. Um, so, no, I'm not expecting any um, Christmas football-related gifts this Christmas, to be honest. Um, yeah, what about yourself? Have you asked for anything from Santa? No. Um, I, the, the only kind of football-related thing I got, because my birthday's in November, so I wanted, I asked for this to get, I'd initially got Caitlin to get me it for Christmas, but I said, oh, you need to give it to me in November, which was Pat Nevin's autobiography. Yeah, yeah, he said that. Yeah, and the, the reason for that had been I was going to be chatting to him for the Christmas special, but unfortunately, I haven't finished the book yet. So he said, get back in touch when you finish the book. And I've been slowly reading the book. So we've got our 500th episode of the podcast over here coming up, probably at the end of January. So I'm going to get Pat Nevin on for that. And then we'll we'll bring uh, some excerpts from that in, in Glory Days of Gold as well. So I don't think I'll be getting anything else because anything else I asked Caitlin for, I don't think was football related because most of the stuff like the kits and stuff, I just buy myself over the, the course of the year. But what about music? You're going to get any CDs or anything, do you think? Or do you still no. get CDs? I'm just showing my age. Yes, um, you got, you, no. Anything for your gramophone? <laughs> Not this year, no. I might just get two cups in a string. Um, I've asked, um, my mum asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I've asked for the new AirPods um, for my Christmas. Um, I've just got a new job, so I'm going to be working from home and on a lot of calls and stuff. So, Oh, nice. Um, Yes, Monday to Friday, so it means I'll get to away games now as well. Which I, I knew you'd wore Monday to Friday. I didn't know you were working from home as well. Fantastic. Yes. I so, living the dream. Very much so. So um, I'll have to, to go to Glasgow to our head office once a week, so definitely need some some good headphones, noise-cancelling ones to drown out all the jakeys when I'm going through there. So <laughs> um, be able to, to listen to some more music, some, some more of the Scrubs podcast, um, which I really enjoy as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Um, Normally, like we would end up buying tickets for a gig, but I've only got one gig lined up in the new year, which is Hill on the Hum, who we've featured before. Um, going with my wife's boss, who's a big music fan, and introduces me to a lot of new bands, and they're playing in Dundee. Um, and the tickets were seven pound each, so it was a nice, oh, nice. gig. It would be great. Yeah, I obviously haven't gone to any concerts this year. Um, any tickets for any concerts I had tickets for all got cancelled. I had tickets for Mickey Dolans and Mike Nesmith for the Monkeys um, were coming to play in Vancouver last year and then the date got moved three times and then they ended up cancelling the Vancouver date because of border restrictions and stuff and then sadly Mike Nesmith passed away so 
Never ever got to see Mike Nesmith play, so that 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 was a, a sad one. But I, I did buy tickets for Sleaford Mods uh, just a couple of days ago. They're coming to play here in May, hopefully. We'll see how that goes. Because uh, Idols were over as well, like both those bands. Yeah. And Idols didn't play any Canadian dates on, on their most recent tour because of border restrictions as well. And the border was closed, so I couldn't get down to Seattle to see them. So I'm hoping Sleaford Mods play... They're playing in a really small venue. It's just like two or three hundred, and it was like twenty five dollars for a ticket, which is, for a big band like Sleaford Mods UK wise, yeah. it's fantastic. I got Idols CD for my birthday, the new one. I should be getting a CD for Christmas. Jim Bob from Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. So I think that's the only CD I'm getting. They're from the nineties, before before your time, Lee. Yeah, definitely. I'm sitting here going, yeah, sure, Mike. I've heard every one of those bands you've well, mentioned. Absolutely. You should know Idols and Sleaford Mods. They're I know, huge. I, I know Idols, but um, I've never heard any Sleaford Mods songs. So that could be my oh. homework for the next show. Oh, yeah. they're, they're a unique sound, which I, amazingly, I mean, I've got some people over here into it. It's just two guys and a kind of drum machine. Um. Yeah, um, if you're saying they're a unique sound, that, that's Michael Code for, I think that you think they're going to be shitely, so I'm going to swerve that and not take that as homework. So yeah, that, that, that is pretty much. <laughs> but I mean, we, we like to introduce folk to, to new music here. We've got our section on the show, Have You Heard? I and mean, we haven't played a, a lot of those ones recently. So I thought, we're coming at the end of the year. Let's revisit that section just now and let's play you a song by a good friend of ours, friend of the show, We've supported his rise to mega stardom. Certainly looking that way, he's really taken off. Match PG of the day. Later. Oh, yeah. Match of the day. Super Phil tweeted it when he tweeted that out last week. Match of the day two featured his new single that we're going to be playing you just now on it over the clips of the goals. That is amazing. I don't know how much money he gets for something like that, but that even just to be featured in that is tremendous. Yeah, nobody will ever be able to take that away for you, Phil. And, and Mike, that we actually spoke about this, um, couldn't be more happy for you. You're a top lad, you deserve it. So keep up the good work, mate. I mean, it's it's nice to have a friend doing well. It's nice to have an East Fife fan doing well. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, was on our live watch along that, that we did for the Airdrie game back at the end of last season. We are, of course, talking about PG Charletta. And here is his latest single, 27. You're born in the streets, this town, this place That second name you're not You're no getting in there, you know your face Better turn and go and you stand And the faith and you turn walk away Oh, oh, oh And you stand and the faith and you turn walk away Oh, oh, oh you do to go right back and start it all again the time is gone there's no going back 
gonna take off your smacks You've taken a few blows but you're still on track Don't turn your back and you stand in the bed Then you turn walk away Oh, oh, oh And you stand in the bed Then you turn walk away Oh, oh, oh What would you do to go right back And start it all again Would you go Blank and you're 27 Minutes feel like seconds Reflecting on drinking session you do to go right back and start it all again PG Charletta there with his latest single 27 it's been a, a great rise to the top for Phil this year we've enjoyed watching it all the best for 2022 we'll have to get you back on the, the show soon before you're, you're too big for us so I know he's playing a lot of festivals and stuff and as Lee mentioned he's featured on Match of the Day so Great stuff from Phil, one of the the many artists that we featured in, in the show over the, the last sort of year and a half to, to two years. Is there any bands this year, Lee, that you've particularly got into? Or I, I know we were kind of chatting about this before the show and stuff, or any any album that you you were playing to death this year? What was your Spotify wrapped looking <laughs> like for you? Oh, no. It's I don't use Spotify, so... It's, it was beyond embarrassing. Um, my top song was Laura by Kyle Faulkner. Um, I liked his new album. It was decent. Um, I had Billie Eilish in there. Apparently, I've listened to Ocean Eyes a few times. Um, so, that, to be fair, that like my music tastes quite eclectic. I could go from listening to Cindy Lauper to listening to um Ailstorm, um a bit of them um one of my friends got me into them and they're hilarious if you've never listened to them um so yeah there's definitely a few but no album per se i, I went to the only concert that i made it to this year was father son i bought my wife tickets to see them on mother's day we went to see them in edinburgh at the liquid rooms Oh, um, wow. miss the liquid rooms. Oh no, awful venue. The sound was terrible. Um, I, I just but, like the closeness of it, but yeah, the sound. I saw Mogwai in there, and it was the loudest concert I have ever been at. The whole place was fucking shaking because they they yeah. turned their amps up max, 
and it it was a it was a very uncomfortable listening experience. It was that loud; your ears were actually hurting. Yeah, I think Mogwai in general an uncomfortable listening oh, experience. Oh, but... Mogwai are fantastic. <laughs> My auntie used to have a cat called Mogwai after the band, so there you oh. go. Um, but yeah. I mean, nothing in terms of really anything new. I've not had any of our listeners suggest anybody new for me to listen to. So please um, revitalize my love for music because to be honest, a lot of my time I, I spend now listening to podcasts or music from the 80s and 90s. Well, I, I like anyone that follows me on Twitter, I've seen, I was trying to do this in December and then it kind of got derailed with uh, so many football things to watch and then going through stuff with our dog and everything that haven't had a chance to continue doing this. I was trying to play three of my vinyl albums a day. So it's kind of the opposite of Spotify uh, unwrapped. It was like my hi-fi collection unwrapped. Um, so I was digging out lots of stuff from the 70s and 80s and playing some vinyl things. Some That's bands. Madness, right? Yeah, I love yeah, Madness. I love Madness. I love Madness, a band I really want to see live. I haven't seen them, I think, since 2007. They're playing the over at... What's that? Was it a Tina Park? No, I saw them at the SECC. No, I, I'm sure I've seen them at Tina Park. I might have seen them at Tina Park as well. I can't remember. I'm I definitely told. saw them at the SECC. They're playing a, an American tour next year. And as far as I know, they're not coming up here. But they're supported by Squeeze. And it's like, oh, oh what, be what a dream gig that bit, would be to go to. Cool for cats. I had tickets for Squeeze for, for this year as well, but that was one of the shows that got cancelled because of travel and stuff. So, Did it go up the junction? Hey. There's another one. He's on fire today. You are. Lee Gellis on fire. Your no defences are terrified of me. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of new bands I got into. You'll probably hate all of these. Uh, yeah. Oakland three-piece punk band called Destroy Boys. Um, girl lead singer. Really good band. Um... New York xylophone punk band called Crazy and the Brains. Yeah, it's such a unique sound. It's just like... It's... Trust me. You know love a bit of xylophone as well. Yeah. Like, in all seriousness, check it out. It's a cover of the Iggy Pop song Punk Rocker. Punk Rocker by Crazy and the Brains. It's an amazing video. It's an amazing version of the song. They've added a verse of their own at the end. It's tremendous, but... That's what I first heard from them. And then I checked out their back catalogue and the xylophone sound, it's so unique. It's its absolutely fantastic. And I've really got into, and I know this is going to make me sound hip and trendy because everyone's going on about them, Wet Leg? I don't know if you've yeah, seen I've them. Yeah, I've heard of them but not heard them, if that makes sense. They only have four songs. They only had two songs out for the longest time. So I played them on our show here in September uh, or October, and now they're everywhere, and they're being touted as this is good. they're going to be the biggest band of 2022. They've got the debut album coming out in April. It's made. They say it's a two-piece girl band. It's a five-piece band, but it's only the two girls that's the the main sense. piece of the band. They're very good. If anyone old my age remembers the uh, Flying Lizards, I want money. Do that's what I want. That's what I want. So basically, I think they sound like that. But their songs, She's Long and Wet Dream, are fantastic. So I would check them out. I think that's probably... a few theme. Wet Dreams and a She's Long song. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. It's like made for you. And there's some, <laughs> some foreign bands, like some Russian bands, Russian techno I got into this year, DLB. Uh, Moscow Death Brigade are, are excellent. I bought a T-shirt of theirs. It's nice walking around with a T-shirt that says Moscow Death Brigade. 
you get some interesting looks. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing any of those bands on on top of the pops. That's something I, I miss is top of the pops. I've been watching the the show on Channel Five, big hits of the seventies. So it's at the good stage of the seventies now. My favourite all time year in music is nineteen seventy nine. So that is coming up this coming week for the big hits of the seventies on Channel Five. Top of the pops was it was a great show. I I said when you were speaking to Steve Archibald, my burning question to Steve Archibald, apart from whether he fancy a chocolate digestive, was what was it like to be the only guy or the first guy to feature on Top of the Pops on two different songs on the same show, which he did in 1982. I, I was just burning to, to know the answer to that. Guess what? We've got more Archie coming up because I got a chance to ask him that during the week as well. Here's what he told us about that. One of the fascinating little bits uh, about your career, Steve, that I've always loved is the fact that you were on an episode of Top of the Pops in 1982, twice. Once with B.A. Robertson and the Scottish national team with that classic uh, We Have a Dream, and then with Chaz and Dave and the Tottenham squad with Tottenham Tottenham. How do you remember that time? And did did you enjoy kind of being a pop star or was it kind of a bit of a distraction for you? It was uh, it was good fun, and it was great to be the first person ever to do two different songs on on top of the box. It was great. It's actually on my CV as number one thing that I've done in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> it was great. It was a great distraction. We had good fun, and and back in in those days in the FA Cup, it was uh, there was a big run up to it, and you know the teams were involved in making records and appearances and all sorts of stuff. You know the FA Cup back then was something serious, so it was a great time and, and great fun. Fantastic. You can maybe mention about Chaz and Dave if you like, because we uh, had a nice little story about them. You know, oh, because fantastic! I had, I had a pub in London and and asked them to come and open it, so they came came and. And all the team, all the sports team came and Chaz and Dave came and they played there. And But the pub, it's an East End pub called the Bishop Bonner. And the pub was absolutely, it was, you couldn't get in. It was like a, worse than sardines. And I had all the barmaids dressed in the home international kits like Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, England, Wales, Scotland. And um, Chaz and Dave were on and it was unbelievable. They couldn't get into the venue. So they had to climb up the back of the pub, up, up, I swear to God, up a drain pipe to the first floor, <laughs> and and then through the bathroom window, and that's how they came into the pub. Oh, superb! Yeah, they're brilliant guys, really good guys. Yeah. Again, an absolute legend, Steve Archibald. There, oh, be, I would love to have been on top of the pops back back in the day. Of course, one of the songs uh, that Archie was part of was that epic 1982 Scotland World Cup song. We have a dream with B. A. Robertson, 
Lee picked that uh, in Wavelength in one of her early shows. Still one of the best football-related yeah, time. I think that's my favourite football song. Um, although I remember when I heard it growing up, I asked my dad if it was Ali McCoy singing it. And see, when you listen to it now, he does sound very much like Ali McCoy. And just talking on Ali McCoy, how good is he on commentary? He oh. has to. We need to start a national petition that he commentates on every game because when that McTominay goal went in, oh the enthusiasm! Oh, he 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 just lost his mind. He absolutely lost his mind, and he was every one of the Scottish fans embodied. And hopefully, when we get to the the World Cup in twenty twenty two, he could commentate on all our games. Oh man, that'd be so special for him. Uh, of course, like Archie was a guy that played at two World Cups. He played in 82, he played in 86. And it's been so long. It's like, you don't want to tempt fate. But let's just have a little chat about Scotland just as we come at the end of this episode. It's looking so close. The the draw, we we spoke about that last time. It's it's within touching distance. We've not had a better a better chance in what since '98. So Ukraine aren't the team they were. Obviously, there's a lot of turmoil going on there just now. I know. I mean, um, you were um, we were joking in the last show about like them getting buy. invaded and stuff, but it's like that might. When they put in, and you know, maybe their players will get called up for national service. Who knows? Um, but look, I mean, we've never had a better chance, and then even the Wales game doesn't really bother me as much I mean I think obviously in the past we would be bricking it for Gareth Bale but he's not the player that he was and we showed against England that we could really frustrate teams and if you can frustrate Gareth Bale then you pretty much nullify Wales and if we play in both of those games like we played against them back we win that get both of those games comfortably it's such an exciting time to be a Scotland fan just now and I suppose the question is are you taking some annual leave around December next year Michael? Oh it I'm very torn because it looks like Canada's going to be in it as well. I, I mean, Canada... Half and half scar? <laughs> yeah. Canada's got one foot in it already because they're in the, the CONCACAF region and they're in what's called the octagon stage just now. So there's eight teams in it. The top three automatically get to Qatar and the fourth team has a playoff, most likely against New Zealand. So right now, Canada, they're eight games of the 14 in and they're top of the, the octagon. They're ahead of Mexico. They're ahead of the US. Wow. They just beat Mexico 2-1 uh, in, a, in a game here as well. And they drew in Mexico 1-0. And they've got the US coming up next month in a massive game. So the top four already have a gap. So Canada's assured at least a playoff game against New Zealand if it all went tits up for their last six games. But it looks like Canada's going to be there. And I always say if Canada or Scotland got to the World Cup, I would go. And if they're both there, but Qatar, just the rules for the country are so worrying. Um, the, The temperature, 40 degrees. I've got a friend actually from here that is working for FIFA just now in the World Cup uh, organising committee. So he's over there at the moment. And I don't know. He's saying, it's fine, you should come over. I don't know. Would you go to it? 
I've been to Dubai before, so I think that the rules are very similar, although I think Dubai's maybe slightly more westernised. I would love to go, whether the, the wife allows that to happen or not is another thing, and I think that would be very difficult to get tickets, and it's not like you would sit in a pub and watch it. So I think that if I could get a ticket to any game, I would go, because God knows that that would maybe never happen again. So yeah, we had the best part of 23 years for that to happen. So who knows that that would never happen again in my lifetime get hit by a bus the day after the world cup and and not see it so i know um, so we're, we're hosting the world cup here in 2026 but who knows if scotland's going to be be at that 48 teams you'd fucking hope they would be if they're letting well, 48 teams in if, if we're there at least i know i've got somewhere to stay yeah although right now vancouver's not one of the host cities because our stupid local government pulled us out of it assholes yeah because they didn't like fifa's demands which some of the demands for hosting was absolutely ri- ridiculous. But anyway, but Seattle should be hosting and Edmonton should be hosting. So it's a good base. Well, You're very welcome to come over. <laughs> we're we're going to be in a crest of a wave after qualifying. I'm just going to book a flight and then instantly regret it. But I don't know. We'll see. Yes. But I, I, of course, I'm hoping that Scotland will be at that World Cup with a Vancouver Whitecap playing for them. Ryan well, Gold. I mean, I'd he, like to see it happen. Yeah, he's been in good form this season and we're going to bring you our our feature interview for this episode. And yeah, I did do this interview for the AFT and Soccer Show that I do over here, but I think we've got pretty different listening bases looking at where the geography comes from for who listens to these shows. So I wanted to bring it to you in this episode as well, because we're, we're talking about Ryan's move to Vancouver to MLS, his career... Uh, and just his his international aspirations for Scotland as well. I think it's something that a lot of folk will be interested in. Uh, I've put it at the end of the show so that if you're not, you can just kind of fast forward to the the end of that. But go put the kettle on, make your favourite hot beverage, grab a chocolate digestive, sit back and listen to my chat with Vancouver Whitecaps designated player and hopefully Scottish international at the World Cup, Ryan Gold. So Ryan, when when you started off 2021 and you're in Portugal and you're like fighting a, a relegation battle there, was MLS even on your radar? Could you have imagined that you would finish the year over in Canada? No, I mean... I was actually, me and my girlfriend were actually discussing this not long ago. Like, we never would have thought in February, March, even like April, May, that, you know, um, this is where we would end up. It wasn't, um, you know, where we, th- where we thought our next step was going to be. But, um, you know, after talking more and more to the, to the Whitecaps, it, you know, everything fell into place and it felt like the right place to come. So, um, no, I don't think it was the um, the expected choice or, you know, the one that we thought where we were going to be. But, um, yeah, I'm delighted with how the year's played out. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to a new year and a full year with the, with the team. Yeah, I know it's always tough when you're joining mid-season, especially when you're, you're just coming off a, a full season. But settling into Vancouver, how have your 
you and your girlfriend found it. You've had all the weather conditions probably so far apart from this, the snow, which we don't get a yeah. lot of, but like, are you missing the, the Portuguese weather at all? Uh, I am, yeah. You know, missing just that nice bit of sunshine. Um, well, we were in the Algarve, so it's pretty much sunshine all year round. So missing that, but no, apart from that, it's been really easy to settle into into Vancouver. It's a lovely city and, um, you know, like you said, with the weather and stuff, it feels so much like home um, to the both of us. So um, we've both really enjoyed our time here and um, it didn't take it didn't take too long for us to feel to feel good and feel settled. So what have you found worse driving in Vancouver and rush hour or driving in that horrible one way system that Dundee has? Um, well, to be fair, we're in we're in Kitsilano, so we never really seem to hit really bad traffic. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that Dundee, uh, it's, it wasn't the greatest traffic system, but no. you know they've updated the roads and everything back there, so even they've improved. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, we've both enjoyed the time here, so um, we're looking forward to it continuing. That's good. More importantly, how have the dogs settled in? Are they liking it over here? Uh, yeah, they they settled in even quicker than us. Um, the jet lag never seemed to affect them when it affect when it hit both of us. Um, one and one of the dogs, they're both Portuguese, um, but one of them is not a fan of the rain. The other one loves it. So no, but they've both been really happy, um, which you know makes us feel even more settled. Yeah. I, I've got a rescue dog from Mexico, so it took her a little oh, bit right. of getting used to like rain and snow and it's ice snow and stuff. And stuff but, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, football-wise, how have you found MLS in, in these five, six months that you've been here? Was it what you were expecting? Was there big differences to, to what you, you found in the Portuguese league? I think the, the thing that surprised me would probably be Kind of, there's a lot of transitions in the game. It's um, a lot more open than a game would be in Portugal. Um, you know, when a team's happy to sit behind the ball and just wait and counterattack, um, you can see there's a lot more balance throughout all the teams. You know, every team's got really good players, so it makes it makes all the games even. And um, I've not I've not played in a league like that before, where you know bottom can can go away to the top one of the top teams and get a result and it's not a huge surprise um so that that probably surprised me and it's it's more in even more intense than i was thinking it was going to be so um yeah i've only i've only got good things to say about the league after my first few months here and that yeah like i said that's only after a few months mm. i'm sure after a full year um i'll have even more to say what has been the biggest challenges that, that you've found? Because I know a lot of players come over from the UK and the travel gets them a little bit or playing in all the different conditions and field conditions. What have you found to be the toughest thing to adjust to playing-wise? The toughest so far has probably been... I mean, I don't mind the travel. Um, you know, with the, on the plane, we've, the longest we've had to travel... I know it'll be different next year because we play some of the Eastern teams, but um, the longest we've had to travel is like, four hours so it's not been anything like too bad but the the most difficult thing is maybe like when we went away to Colorado the altitude there um the humidity when we went to Austin and Houston was ridiculous I felt that was really hard to 
to to play in. So, but it's just you know it's good to go and it's something that I, that also helped with making the decision to come here, getting to go and see all these different cities, all the different stadiums. So, you know, I'm trying not to to complain about it too much and just look forward to you know the different challenges that lie ahead. Is there any particular stadium that you went to that you were just kind of like, wow, this is just incredible? The two that probably stand out to me are Austin and LAFC. I think they had a really, when you're playing in it, they have a really European feel um, with the stands right on top of the pitch. Um, you know, great fan groups behind the goal. They've probably been the two, the two away grounds that have um, stuck out to me more. Yeah, that's two I've not been to yet. I really want to. Austin, when they lower the lights and the green stuff comes on. Ah, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool stadium, yeah. So for your own season then on the pitch, I mean, you you seem to settle in really well. Where did all these headers come from? Because you weren't known for your headers and heading ability over the years. No, that's a a good question. I think before coming here, I'd only scored one header, I think. And that was a couple of years ago, so... Um, you know, I don't know what's brought brought all these on in the last couple of months, but I suppose I can give the credit to you know whoever's crossing because to find my head is a is a challenge in amongst all the big six footers. So um, it must be down to decent crossing um, that I'm getting the chances. <laughs> um, but no, you know, as long as it doesn't matter. I suppose if it's my head, if it's my left foot, or even my right foot would probably be stranger than my head. Um, as long as they're going in helping the team, that's that's the main idea. Oh, aye, that, that's all that really matters. I mean, aye. The, the team this year, tough for you to integrate mid-season anyway, and then you're having a team that's coming back to Canada for the first time. You're starting August, bottom of the West. Could you have imagined at that point that you would have made the run that you did and got to the playoffs? Um. Yeah, I don't think it was a huge surprise because, you know, when I was watching the team you know when I first started speaking to um to Axel and to Mark you know I started um looking out at the team watching them and although you know the results weren't necessarily favorable you know I don't think they were ever more than like six or seven points from a playoff spot so like I knew coming here that a good run of results and the fact that any team like anyone can beat anyone in the league. You know, it felt like it wasn't going to be too far away. It was just stringing together that that good few results. And I think it's an even bigger achievement that we managed to get there, considering the fact that all the teams around us that were fighting for the same the same playoff spots, they were winning like every week in the last five or six weeks. Like just about every result every week was going against us. And the, the fact that we managed to like stick it out and and, you know, getting to that playoff spot, I think it's a huge credit to, to everybody at the club. When you came in, obviously you'd spoken to Mark. Mark was the guy that brought you in and Mark leaves. And you've been around football long enough to know these things happen so often. But did you start to think, oh man, what have I come to? Because it's like the coach is gone now. Or did you have total faith in Vanny right away when he came in? Well, yeah, it was it was a huge blow. Um because, you know, Mark played such an important part in bringing me here. Um, and I was really looking forward to working under him. But, yeah, like you say, it's it's football. And um, to be honest, you know, I didn't I didn't know Vanny um, before he came in. So 
but yeah, I've I've loved playing under him every every minute that he's been our manager. I think I can speak for everyone in the James room when you know when I say everyone's enjoyed it, everyone's had a brilliant time and everyone's bought into you know what he's um trying to bring to the club. So um yeah, it was a, a bit of a surprise when it happened, but you know, you have to put it in the past and focus on what you can do in the present. And yeah, since he's come in, I've I've had a great time, really enjoyed playing for him. You've obviously had a good impact on the team with goals and assists, but even when I spoke to Max the other day, he used the word arse. So you're you're obviously rubbing like <laughs> dialect on, on these he guys likes, as well. Uh, he likes to try and put on a wee Scottish accent. <laughs> he's he's not the greatest I've heard, but uh, he likes to give it a go. I mean, there's been a few Scottish players coming into the league in the the last couple of seasons. Some have worked out, some haven't. Have you had guys getting in touch with you? Asking what life's like over there, and just what your your thoughts in the league are. Yeah, more more just my, you know, my close pals that are are still playing. Um, likes of John Suter at Hearts. You know, we we keep in touch quite a lot. And obviously, when I first came over, he was asking how I found it and stuff. And um, but not no, I don't hear from too many people. You know, um, I'm quite a private guy anyway. So. I would only really, I only really speak to the folk that I know and the folk that I've grown up with and stuff. So, yeah, there's not been too much contact, but you know, if anyone did reach out, like I said earlier, there is only um, good things to say about the league, and like I'm sure the league's only only going to get better with a few. I think there's a few expansion teams coming in soon, isn't there? Yeah, so yeah. Char- so. Charlotte next year, and then St Louis coming after that. So yeah, so you know. The, I'm saying how good the league is just now and I think it's only going to get better. So, you know, there's only good things to say about it. Yeah, if you if you can get Suter over here, that would be fantastic. Although I, I think the BC place pitch might not be great for his injuries. So No, but, you know, if he was open to it, I'd be willing to do anything to get him over here. Oh, well, aye. Um, last thing then, I, I mean, talking of Scotland, obviously Scotland's on the brink of going to a World Cup. They've only been at one World Cup in your lifetime, and you were two at the time, so you you don't yeah. remember that. I'm I'm old. I I grew up as a kid watching them in '78 and '82 and '86 and all these these teams. Now, we we spoke when you first came over about whether Steve Clark had been in touch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, what would it mean to you to to go and play for Scotland at a World Cup finals if you got yourself back in the frame there? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just me. It's every every Scottish player and every kid growing up in Scotland that likes football. That's you know, you you ask them what they want to do in their career. That's probably the number one thing would be to to play at a World Cup. Um, so, I, like, I know I've not been involved lately in that, but I've just got to keep my head down, keep plugging away, and hopefully, you know, one day um, within the next year, you know, I might get a call up. So. I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, expect too much because nothing's happened so far. But um, you just can't close the door. I'll. I'll always, you know, be fighting for that and just, you know, see where the hard work takes me. Fingers crossed it does. I'd love to to see you down in Qatar. Hopefully, Scotland get there. Thank you so much for your your time today, Ryan. Have a good yeah, birthday when it, it comes in a in a week uh, or thanks so. Very much. Uh, have thank a, you. Have a good Christmas. Enjoy Scotland, and we'll talk uh, to you next too. season. Right, cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate.
So Ryan Gold there, talking about his move to MLS with the Whitecaps, life in Vancouver. And he probably, when he made this move to Vancouver, didn't expect to be sitting down with somebody asking him about the one-way traffic system in Dundee, but they, there, there you go. <laughs> so hopefully we, we do see him in a, in a Scotland shirt because I, I do, and I, I thought this before he came here, he is a guy that has a lot of talent and creativity and flair and for as well as our midfielders have done Lee I do feel we we do need a guy like him in the team yeah. just because what, what he can bring to the team it's like what I've said until we made that pass for Shea Adams or Shea Adams as I've been, been apparently saying his name wrong for all, all these years Shea Adams it's not I um, thought it was Shea as well no Shea oh yes I was uh, given a rude awakening when I said that in public Shea Adams um, just like it's Che Guevara as well apparently um, yeah um, I'm not a big Stuart Armstrong fan I think that Ryan Gold would be great in that role um, so yeah hopefully that's the case I'm a big fan of his um, and I would love to see him in the national team and I know you'll not agree with this but I'd like to see him back on these shores because I think that you know well due respect to the MLS that he could probably cut his teeth in and maybe a, a team like a Norwich or um, no he could yeah he, he could definitely play at a, at a higher level the, than MLS and th- that's the crazy thing like he lit it up in the Portuguese top flight and couldn't get a sniff of the Scotland team he's had a good half season so far in MLS that's all we've had and he, he was a great season when you've got Johnny Russell doing it over here and scoring nine goals in nine games and he still can't get a call up for a game where you've got your main striker suspended I know it didn't matter in the end we, we got through but I, I don't know what these guys have to do to get a call up and if Ryan had signed for Southampton that was one of the teams linked with him I'm pretty sure he all of a sudden would get a call up and and be be in the Scotland squad. I think it's maybe I don't seem to recall Steve Clark bringing players in a lot from the MLS, so it's maybe mm. just not a league he considers. But then equally, I would probably say that potentially the MLS is on par with the Belgian Jupiler League. I would um, say so. And he's he's obviously brought in a few players from that. I mean, he's not brought in Laurie Shanklin since he went over there, mm. um, but he has obviously um, brought in the boy. Jack, is it Henry? Yeah, I know, because when I was going on about Ryan not getting called up, Henry was the name that was thrown at me. It's like, oh, he's not ignoring foreign leagues because, look, he's called up Henry. And it's like, one guy doesn't show that that's not what what he's doing. I know, but but then you look at Aaron Hickey, who's out in uh, Bologna just now as well, and he's getting potentially touted with a 20 million move to AC Milan in January. Um, you've got Liam Henderson, who's out at Empoli playing in centre midfield and, and doing pretty well there. But I don't think he's probably quite good enough to get into the into the, the Scotland midfield just now. But um, Aaron Hickey can play right back. I think he's a, a player that we should hopefully look at as well for the number of cup coming up. For yeah, if, I mean, it, if get in. It, it's going to be a battle for places, depending on how big the squads they allow, depending on what's happening with COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I mean, it, it's going to be tough places are going to be at a premium John Souter of course who scored that that famous goal for Scotland recently mentioned by by Ryan there has been one of his best friends in football and he'd love to have him in Vancouver so maybe if he manages to pull some strings and get him over here and there's two players in the team that maybe Ryan will get a look that way but I'd love to have Souter over here the only thing is we play in an artificial pitch and I think that with the injuries that he's had I think that would be a killer for him 
Every but, chance. Yeah, but exciting crop of Scottish talent just now. It's very exciting times. That is nearly it for this episode, our 2021 Christmas special. It's not had too much of a Christmas flair this year, but we're going to add some more just now to finish it off because Lee came up with this great idea. He wanted us to do a festive 11 of East Fife players and you've let me down, Lee. You came up with the idea and you couldn't see it through. <laughs> No, honestly, like I think like I said, I've hurt my back and I've not been sleeping great. So I was up until daft o'clock last night looking at our previous squad list and stuff. And potentially, I'm just not as creative as you. Um, I think I've hey, got. I was up to three thirty last night, and I've got to say, <laughs> about an hour of my time was spent coming up with this. So I've managed to get like a festive seven um, oh. with, with a manager. Well, it rhymes with eleven. Yeah, I'll take that. I have picked a manager, which um, I'm going to start in case you've nicked. So, although this person hasn't technically ever been our manager, oh. I'm going to go with Tony McMinspie. Oh, very good. I never even thought of that one. That's excellent. I know Tony oh. will be listening to this and he'll enjoy it. So, yeah, Tony McMinspie is the manager for my team. Well, my manager, I went back to the 70s. Right, Frankincense okay. Christie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I could already see that you're going to be a lot better at this than you. <laughs> I, I couldn't get a goalkeeper, so I'll let you pick your goalkeeper. Oh, I went for Decoration Charles. Yes, um, there's a lot of license, uh, journalistic license going to be used here. And as a journalist, I imagine that... Yeah, gonna, I'm looking at what I've got coming up. <laughs> well... This one, I've kind of cheated a bit, and I've gone for Aaron Dunsmore. Oh, as your right back? No, just in the team, because he gets oh. a lot of cans. Hey, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, it works for me. Well, see, I, I've gone for a proper 4-4-2 formation, or maybe 4-2-4, depending how offensive you want to be. So I, I'll give you my right back and my left back. My right back, go. Greg Nog McDonald. Ha! <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Love that. Love and my, that. my left back, way back to the 1950s for this, Don Emery. 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 Yes. Yeah. Definitely good. I've not actually got mines in any sort of formation, to be oh. honest. Well, because... give, give me any more defenders you've got then. Chris Candy Kane. <laughs> yes. Very good. I went for Christmas Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I had a couple of other centre halves I could put in, but I wanted to get someone from the, the current team. He, here's all the centre halves I came up with. So there's Christmas Higgins, yep. John Jingles, Ingles, yeah, yep. um, Fes Div Muir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, that was actually... The other one I've got was not... Um, it was a striker, the other one I came up with. So that that, that was my... You can pick two of three centre-backs from, from those ones. Right. Um, a lot of mines tend to, uh, are attacking players. So the next one I went for is Kyle Jingle Bell. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give you my front three because I know that we've got one that's the exact same. Yeah. Um, so I'll go first and then you can regale us for the rest of the tale. So the easy one was obviously Stevie St. Nicholas, wasn't it? Yeah, I put him in the midfield. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, then I've put Paul McWise-Manis. Oh, very good. 
and I was very, very, very much clutching at straws. Oh, I like that and, one. And finally, you'll not even remember this player. He made a brief spell for us um, under the um, Lee Murray regime uh, uh, players. Uh, Brussels Sprout Ekango. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I love these kind of puns. Yes, I, me too. I've done them. I've done MLS teams of the week. Obviously, nicked this from off the ball, um, yeah. and then I did team of the week for for MLS with different themes and stuff, just like off the ball do. But I went a stage further and I did it in formations, and I had to try and get a goalkeeper and a left back and centre halves just to make it more difficult for myself. Of course, from current MLS guys. So I did that for a while, and then I stopped doing it for a couple of years, and I bring it back, and then I do it again. I love it, and I don't know if that kind of punny humour goes down that well over here. Some folk, it's a, it's a love or hate it thing. I love it. I'm sure some of our listeners are like, oh, God. But yeah. send, send us yours for any that, that we don't have. Now, I'm just going to give you the rest of mine. Cause... Oh, I've got one more. Oh. Gavin Murray. Oh, very good. That was my last one. Oh, I like, I like all of yours. They're excellent. See, all, all the remaining of mine... You could try and cram them in the midfield. You could try and make them attackers. So let's just put them all together. I've got a similar one to you. Davy Duncandy Kane. Yep. I think yours was probably better. Uh, Stevie St. Nicholas, obviously. Um, Tam McCaffertree. <laughs> yeah, very good. Bobble Lynn. Oh, very good. Yeah. That was the first one I actually came up with. Class. Class. Um, th- this one's not one of the best ones. Kenny Ducarol Singers. Boo. No, that, that gets crossed off the list. Okay, you might not like the- this one either. <laughs> Go- <laughs> Gording Dong Merrily on High Jury. <laughs> Fucks. It was either him or Chris, God rest you, Mary Templeman. Well, I, I had um, Jimmy Hark right here, the angels sing her kiss. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was garbage. <laughs> I'm, in, so. um, I'm, I'm keeping God ding dong merrily on high, Judy. Yeah, that, that is a shocker. Um, <laughs> let us know yours if there's any players we've missed off. Get in touch. Love it. I was trying I, to come I, up with a song one as well, so because I had "Good Rest Ye Merry Templemen," and I thought, oh, so now we've got the Jimmy Harkis one as well. So, ah, uh, I love this kind of stuff. Me too. It's just utter cheese. Look, I'm really sorry. Like this, this show has pretty much been a vanity project for Michael and I's pun a love affair and um, we're just glad you came along for the ride to be honest yeah it's, it's our Christmas special um, not sure what day this is going to come out I might try and get it out for Monday but if not it'll be out at the start of the week you'll have lots of time to listen to this in the build up to Christmas we didn't play many Christmas songs on the, the show I know a lot of folk don't like the, us having the music in the show I, I've done a couple of Christmas specials over here and the, the great thing is the radio station that our show is on over here it's a, it's a local community station so it's like some of the ones that you get in Fife and it's up at one of the universities here so the first year that we were on I, I think because our show goes out on a Sunday and it was Christmas Eve was on the Sunday and we were in the studio so our show's normally on at 11 
But the guy before us wasn't on at nine. So we just came in from nine o'clock and controlled the airwaves for four hours for Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. So the first two hours was just me playing all these Christmas songs that folk don't know over here. Like Slade and Wizard. You don't hear them in the shops here. It it stuns me. I talked about that before. So I, I had great fun and we were just, we had just nonsense for four hours of doing stuff and then in the the shows we've done since I try and intersperse Christmas songs and obviously we had David Barnett from New Royal Family on the Christmas special last year and we played his Christmas song so I'm going to end with a a Christmas song and it's by a a female singer from Vancouver Sarah Jickling is her name she was in a band called The O'Wells as well but she's a, a solo artist now you can find her in Bandcamp sarahjickling.bandcamp.com just google jickling it's j-i-c-k-l-i-n-g um sarah actually wrote the theme song for my canadian podcast a song called away from the numbers and she's not a fan of christmas so i thought i would end with one of her christmas songs that she's brought out it's called don't kill me santa
Sarah Jickling there, all the way from Vancouver, BC, the lady that does the theme tune for the AFTN Soccer Show with Don't Kill Me Santa. Because when you do think about it, Lee, you're you're telling children about this stranger, this big fat man that manages to get in your house whether you've got a chimney or not and just leaves gifts for you. It is a kind of weird thing in, in modern day if you think about it, but of course it is just a nice heartless, warm hearted thing. Who doesn't love a bit of Santa? Absolutely, Christmas. I, I love Christmas. Um, really think um, that this year is going to be a great one with with a young family, and yeah, just can't wait now. Only a few days to go. Yeah, looking forward to it. And if if we do get a white Christmas here, it's going to be all the more special. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this nonsense for the last two hours. Thank you for listening to the the show for the whole year as well. Obviously, we've got a Boxing Day fixture. We'll probably have a a podcast that comes out after that. We'll kind of see how everything goes with that. Any any final words that you've got? Anything you want to say? Let no, folk know where they can find you online, Lee? I think by now everybody knows where to find us. Just wanted to say thank you so much for your continued support and, and listening to us spouting nonsense throughout the year. It's been great to have a show with you, um, an old traditional Traditional, can we say that in a year and a half podcast? Sure, let's go for it. Yeah, um, a traditional um, podcast, second um, annual Christmas special. Yeah, second annual Christmas special, absolutely. Um, thank you so much to everybody that's contributed this year as well. Um, just in case we don't get another podcast, so thanks to, to Doug and uh, Gordon, who although we take the mick out of them, have been great additions to the show this year. Um, other um, regular contributors contributors even um phil charletta james smale scott young um these guys for for joining with us as well thanks to kenny juker for doing the oh, yeah. podcast with us as well which was absolutely brilliant i well, loved every minute of that get him back for the world cup ones next december that'll absolutely. be a special christmas as we celebrate scotland winning the world cup i know that'll be it'll be very strange this time next year to oh yeah because i think we're recording this on sunday the 18th 19th is it the 19th? I don't know what day. Was it yesterday or the day before? Is It was a year to the day that the World Cup final is going to have be played. Yeah. Insane to think that, isn't it? I know. Nuts. Can't wait, though. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, I just echo everything Lee said there. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone that's taken part. Everyone that takes time to, to tweet us and send us emails. Let us know what you want to see moving into 2022. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at AFTNCanada. And read all our stuff on the East Fife website, aftn.co.uk. A lot of historical stuff up on there. I really need to get round to putting some more stuff up from the old site onto that. And if you're any interest at all in football over North America, check it out on aftn.ca. Thank you for listening. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Stay safe. And just have a great festive period. Ho, ho, ho. And mon the Fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. 
you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.